Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue in some well doing seek no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Great Luke You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, Queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' expose them? Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue with sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue with sin?
you got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today all right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 and good evening. Light out to the 12 tribes worldwide. To Judah, the Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Ashton, Dali, and Issachar. Shalom, 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 shalom. This is your guy, Mishaba. Like the way you want to the episode of Bible Talk. Right, as you know, we've been doing Bible Talk for the past 13 years. No, no. Yeah, 13 years. Uh, and welcome to the show. Usually I do our, uh, the show... Um, Usually you can catch our show Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to about 12 noon. And then again on Friday nights with our brother Bonabad, uh, um, starting at uh, 8 p.m., going to about 10 uh, Central Standard Time or, or San Antonio, Texas time. Um, and accordingly, uh, live to wherever you might be at, wherever, where, wherever you might be listening from. Again, welcome to our show. Uh, on Mondays, uh, our, our, our current schedule is on Mondays, I have the class. Um, when, when time affords, I'll, I'll do the class uh, on here on Mondays, and I got a series that I'm, um, I'll just continue on the series and the topics that we might be going over. And then on Tuesdays we have Tazapa Tuesdays, where the brother Tazapa uh, comes in, and usually for the first hour he'll cover current events, and then for the second hour he'll go into a topic that he's covering. Excellent class, and really, really is informative. Then I come back on Wednesday night on Wednesdays. Um, I'm continuing with the series that, that I, and the topic that, I, that I'm covering. Then Tazza Park comes back on Thursdays. The brother is fabulous. He comes back on Thursdays. And on Thursdays, he does uh, FYI for your information. Where he uh, normally takes um, topics and questions uh, that, that he gets filled, filled to him from, uh, from online or, or, or people directly uh, text message him or uh, just throughout his day. And he does the research. The brother's a great researcher. Does research comes back and he answers the questions in full detail. Those are on Thursdays, and then we come back with uh, Bible topics on Friday night with uh, Friday night Bible breakdowns with the brother Bonabad. All right, we are connected. Uh, uh, we uh, we want to affiliate ourselves with all Israelites. Uh, as uh, the moniker from IUIC to the twelve tribes worldwide, and that's who it is to the twelve tribes worldwide. We are dealing with the nation of Israel. And before Christ is coming back, as the nation of Israel repents from our sins, repents from, from, from uh, our breaking of the covenant that was established between the Creator, um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, where our forefathers, when Moses led them out of Egypt, and we came to, the, to Mount Sinai, and we made a covenant with God. God made a covenant with us that by us obeying him and none other, that he would be our God and we would be his people. And that is forever because God's word cannot be broken. And even though our forefathers and the nation of Israel has repeatedly broken that covenant, broken our word, God is not a man or God, a man that he should lie. He has not broken his covenant with the nation of Israel at all. All right. So to the 12 tribes worldwide, um, but God's righteousness is for everybody. Now let's, let's, let's make, make sure I that out there. God's righteousness is for everybody. But his salvation is for the nation of Israel to be saved out of the last final captivity uh, that we've been subject to because of our sins. 
So the schools that we do associate ourselves with more, more, most readily is the Sport of Truth, San Antonio, Texas, which is located at 4444 Street number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218, being the address there. Um, and you can catch them Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. And then, you know, Saturdays for Saturday class starting at 10 a.m., all right? You can also catch them. Um, if you can't actually make it to the school, uh, please log on YouTube to Sword of Truth San Antonio YouTube and catch the live, live classes uh, whenever they are broadcasting. For our school in Houston, uh, if you happen to live in the Houston, Houston uh, Texas area, the school is located at 231 FM Road 1092 in Stafford, Texas. 77477 being the address there. And you can catch them Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, and they're also, again, on Saturdays from uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., again, Central Saturday time. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, our uh, Houston class <coughs> starts from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And you catch them live every Wednesday on the YouTube channel, SOW uh, Houston, Texas the stream of wisdom, uh, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., all right? Uh, for our school in Norfolk, uh, which is located at 2016 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, the address there. They have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Saturdays starting at 12 noon, all right? Again, that's Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you test their classes live on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> on Facebook Live, again, that's every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Facebook Live, and that's Eastern Standard Time, all right? Um, and then the YouTube channel, uh, SOW Streamer Wisdom, Nova Virginia, uh, live on YouTube every Friday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and again, Saturday, starting at 12 noon. For our school in Rochester, New York, uh, located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, being the address there. They also have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then on Saturdays also at 10 a.m. All right, you can catch them on YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday at SOW, Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom. Uh, we are also uh, in Albuquerque. And if you like uh, information on when the gatherings and the classes are in Albuquerque, we invite you to please reach out to Brother Aisha White Bazaar. Uh, reach out to him at area code 505 218 4218. That's area code 505 218 4218. You can reach, uh, reach out to Brother Aisha White Bazaar uh, for the gatherings and for class or for, for any spiritual counsel you might need. Uh, and if you happen to be in the Albuquerque area, please reach out to Brother Aisha White Bazaar. You, you'll be glad you did. Uh, we're also affiliated. Uh, with our brother Micah Alas and the brother Ashley White Desire with the Fountain of Wisdom. And you can reach them on, on, on the, their Facebook page, Fountain of Wisdom. And they have classes every, every uh, Friday night, and they have the Torah reading every Saturday, starting at 8 a.m. Uh, uh, Texas time, I believe that is, or 9 a.m. Texas time. Uh, please check them out. They're doing one hell of a job, fantastic job. Uh, reach out to them. I reach out to them. Uh, we try to be available to that you might be able to find class, uh, some type of teaching, every day of the week. And let me uh, also include Sundays. Uh, we know that the, 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 the school coming out of Houston, uh, SOW Kids, right, just the Stream of Wisdom Kids, every, 
uh, Sunday, uh, starting at 12 noon, all right, on YouTube. You can reach out and check them out. They're doing an excellent job, brothers and sisters, uh, for, for everybody. As we're trying to gather the 12 tribes, trying to gather Israel back together, so our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will finally come and get us out of here, okay? Uh, other YouTube channels that we have is called The Hidden Truth Bible Show, The Israelite Media Corps, and Five Minutes of Wisdom. And you can catch all these again on YouTube. Uh, and you can definitely uh, stay up uh, and keep informed and keep your, keep, your, keep your wits, your mind, and your spirit sharp, all right? Uh, as far as other announcements that we do have, uh, coming up sundown, right? Coming up sundown, December 7th, uh, is Hanukkah, right? Coming up sundown, September, December 7th. I'm sorry, if I didn't say September, I'm sorry. Sundown, December 7th, uh, we do have the high holiday of Hanukkah coming up. We invite you, please, to get in touch with all the schools, all the schools close to you, you and your area, uh, and let's gather together for the Feast of Hanukkah or the Feast of Dedication. Again, that's, that begins sundown, December 7th, 2023. All right, brothers and sisters, this is part of the show uh, where I like to offer up a, a prayer. So I've, I've, I've compiled a prayer list of brothers and sisters and families that need, need a little extra prayer uh, in these times that, that, that we're facing, times that we're living in, um, that we're reminded to pray without ceasing. We're also reminded that the prayer of the righteous does avail much. So this is, is why I'm going to uh, send a prayer up. Uh, you're welcome to repeat the prayer or, or, or follow me in the prayer or, or what have you. But more importantly, I ask that you please get the names of the people that are gonna, uh, I'm going to mention in this prayer. And when you're sending your prayers up um, uh, in your, on your private time, in your closet, uh, wherever you might be at, I just ask that you please add these names to your prayer list as well. Because we know that it says, First uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So we want to just pull from this that the Lord's ears are open unto the prayer of the righteous. So we just ask that you might add these names uh, to your, your own private uh, prayer list, uh, in addition to the prayer list you might already have gathered and compiled, um, that we just pray for one another, right? that we pray for one another. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to sum up like this as we get ready to go into this. Um, I'm going to keep it in English. I'm going to keep it in English. Uh, the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send Michael and the holy angels to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, to build up, and that you might give your spiritual strength, your, your spiritual strength, your spiritual guidance, and that you might continue to give your, your mercy, O oh Father. And as you instructed uh, your servant Moses to inform our forefathers that the Lord will bless us and the Lord will keep, the Lord will bless thee and the Lord will keep thee. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And Father, we ask you, to please watch over and all these and, and we lift up to you in prayer father uh bobby dixon father we also lift up to you uh, uh sierra leaky who is the daughter of our brother uh, david up there in, in dallas in the dallas area father we lift up, we lift up to you sister uh abadiah the wife of lachama uh out there in houston 
Father, we listen to you, Priest Shaquat Gabar, out there in Norfolk, Virginia. Father, we lift up to you, um, uh, our brother and sister, the family of uh, Brother Tahawan Macha and his wife, Wardaya, here in San Antonio. Father, we lift up, Father, we lift up to you in prayer, uh, our friend, John Spann. We lift up to you, Father, Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, the mother of Tazapa here in San Antonio. Father, we lift up to you, our friends, Becky and Daryl, and Becky's, sisters, Becky's sister Carmen up there in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Father, I lift up to you my, the, my in-laws, the entire Lovett family, uh, my father-in-law, Melvin, uh, my mother-in-law, who, who you recently called home, Margaret, my sister-in-law, Dondrea, my brother-in-law, uh, Shemaiwan. We lift them up to you, Father, that you might strengthen them in, in this time that they're going through right now. Father, we lift up to you the, the names of the Coates family, the, the family of our brother, Gabar Kawa. We lift up to you, Father, Brother Kazaki and his family out there in Nova Virginia. Father, we lift up to you, Brother Sawan Mayam and his family out there in Houston, Texas. Father, we lift up, we lift up to you, West Beverly, Brother Sawan here in San Antonio. Father, we lift up to you, uh, our sister, Ayana, the wife of, of our brother, Awana Ayer, here in San Antonio. Father, we lift up to you in prayer. Cece, the daughter of our brother Tazapah and his wife, Arakaya. We lift up to you, Father, um, the daughter of our brother, Bonabad, and his beloved wife, Quadashaya, Aliyah. And Father, we lift up to you, Aizalee, the daughter of our brother, Gabar and her mother, Anagashia. Father, we lift up to you, uh, Brother Tazapah and his entire family. Uh, Father, we lift up to you, Brother Quadash Gabar, here in San Antonio. Father, I lift up to you in prayer, uh, the Brother Yenawathan, uh, up there in Albuquerque. Father, we lift up to you, uh, the family of Brother Gabar Ya'ala and his wife, Anisha, and their niece and nephew, uh, Keontae and Rihanna, out there in Florida. We also lift up to you, Father, uh, the mother-in-law of Gabar Ya'ala, Ruthie Mae Johnson. Father, we lift up to you also the family of Sham Kodash with his wife, Mariah, and their son, Kazakia, also out there in Florida, Father. Father, we lift up, we lift up, to, we lift up to you, Brother Lavender, Brother L.V., and his mother, Pat Washington, out there in Los Angeles, California. Father, we, we lift up to you. Uh, our sister, the wife of our brother, Bonabad, Quadashaya, here in San Antonio. Father, we lift up to you, Sean, our friend, Sean Stark. We also lift up to you, Father, our friend, Sylvia Khan. Father, we lift up to you, our brother, Shapar, the son of Brother Gabar Kawa, as well as his brother, Ashwan, and their sister, uh, Mariah. Father, we lift, we lift up to you, our brother, Yama, who is currently locked up in the Lubbock County Jail. We lift up to you, Father, Brother Yasha Allah, out there in Gallup, the, the brother of our brother, Daniel Allah, out there in Gallup. And Father, I do lift up, I ask that you might please watch over my parents, Eddie and Bible Lee Morris. And Father, we are reminded in Numbers chapter 6, verse 27, that we shall put, that they shall put your name upon the children of Israel, and you will bless them. So, Father, we ask, we ask for all these things 
in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you always. I'm on. All right, brothers and sisters, so got that out the way. All right, if you caught the show uh, that I happened to do, I believe it was this past Thursday. Hold up, I got a text in. Let me check this real quick. Um, all right, uh, text from Brother Lavanda. All right, cool. Thank you for that, Brother Lavanda. Brother LV, we appreciate that. All right, so if you cut the show on Wednesday, and I believe it was the show I did on Wednesday, uh, it was Idols of the Gentiles. Um, I happened to do it two days in a row, Wednesday and Thursday, I believe it was. Um, we were going over the Idols of the Gentiles, and the Idols of the Gentiles uh, is the beginning of spiritual fornication. And we went, kinda, we went into some history. But since we definitely went into some history. We went into a lot of reading. We pulled from the, from the Josephus and other um, historical references and historical sources uh, and really trying to bring out and show uh, about fornication, right, spiritual fornication, and how, uh, how much it affected Israelites, how much it has affected the world, and that m- most spiritual fornication, most idols of the Gentiles can be traced back to Nimrod uh, and his wife, uh, uh, ceramicist of Samuel Murat and uh, from, the, from the Tower of Babel, uh, from the first empire that they established being the Empire of Babel and the Assyrian Empire um, uh, in, the, in the world uh, right after the flood started. Right? So we went over that. I can't recap because it's going to take a lot of time. And brothers and sisters, hold on to your seats. Hold on. Uh, uh, buckle up. We have a lot of reading. We're going to be doing today a lot of reading that we need to get into today as we continue on with uh, the third part of this series idols of the gentiles uh uh let me make sure i got the name proper once again now idols of the gentiles beginning of spiritual fornication and this is part three right this is part three i invite you to please go to www.blogtalkradio.com um when you go there uh, go to the search box when you pull that website up, go to the search box and type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. That's going to be your episode page. And we've got all the episodes there, starting in chronological order from the newest to the latest. Uh, you can go and catch up on any show that you might have missed, any class you might have missed. They're all there for your um, education. All right? They're there for your information to go and be able to check out. Um, you know, especially with Brother Tazapah, who pulls a lot of books, pulls a lot of research, pulls a lot of history. Uh, and, and, and helping to paint the picture for us to see what's really going down and get, enhance our education and our edification uh, in what this book is talking about right? and, how the, and how the Bible is definitely a history book. All right? So I invite you, please, to go and check out any classes that you might have missed or just want to recap on, please go check out www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, when you pull that up, again, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and you have a list of all our episodes. If you go through um, Google Podcasts, right, you can find us on Google Podcasts under uh, ISBHBK Bible Talk. And, but they only have the latest 300 uh, episodes. Right? They only keep a library of 300 episodes. Uh, so you can't go further back than that. And every time we add a new, a new show, uh, then the, the, the oldest show gets kind of pushed off. All right? Uh, but that is one way to keep, uh, keep up with some of the live shows or some, some of the latest shows is on Google Podcasts, uh, Podcast Addict, or iHeartRadio Podcast 
Uh, you can check us out there under ISBHBK Bible Talk. All right. So trying to get move on and continue with this class for today, as we're, again dealing with idols of the Gentiles, beginning of spiritual fornication. And like I said on Thursday, uh, part two of the, I didn't make it. I'll just say it like that. On part two of the series, uh, we finished up with uh, Numbers chapter twenty-five and verse nine, and we was going over the uh, spiritual fornication or the fornication that Christ was even referred to in Revelation chapter 2, believe it or not. When you go to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 14, as I pulled it up here, it was a lot of reading. I'm, I'm, I'm in my notes right now. Right, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrifice them to idols, and to commit fornication. So we've been going over this, brothers and sisters, about this fornication and the things sacrificed to idols, uh, which leads back to uh, Dionysus worship, which leads back to Bacchus worship, which leads back to the worship of Aphrodite, Aphrodite Venus. Um, uh, we're going to get into it today, uh, Sybil, uh, going back to uh, Astarte, going back to Hera, going back to... Uh, uh, Rhea, uh, going back to the queens of heaven, uh, going all the way back to Ceramicus, going back to Nimrod, going back to the Tower of Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon. Um, but here that, that Balaam had taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to commit fornication. So we covered this on Thursday, but let me say we went over this in part two. Let me say it like that. We went over this in part two. <coughs> Please go and check the, uh, uh, check the archives out and pull this up. Uh, it 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 it, it's, it it was it's detailed. I think that's what I want to use. It's definitely detailed. Okay, so kind of picking up off of there, uh, picking the baton up from there, or continue to run with the baton from there. Let's go ahead and go as I pull, get to my notes. Let's go to Galatians uh, chapter five. All right, let's go to the book. Of, let's let's go to the book of Galatians chapter five, and we're going to be verses nineteen through twenty-one. All right. Uh, going now to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. I kind of want to continue on. Uh, we're going to keep defining, keep, keep going more into this thing about fornication. All right. We want to really kind of pull this up in spite of some of the things that we've already covered in, in dealing with this and how all this goes back to, again, Nimrod, Ceramicus, Tammuz, their child. Tammuz supposed to be the spirit of, of his father coming back who impregnated his mother. And that the spirit of this almighty conquering Nimrod, uh, after he died, his spirit impregnated his, his wife, and she had a divine child. That, that, that legend, that wives' tale, is, is majorly steeped in paganism, right? Going back to them. And, you can, and, and just about every society uh, on the planet Earth has some type of story about a mortal woman or a woman being impregnated by a spirit or by a God um, and having a divine baby. And that this woman uh, is now associated with fertility. This woman or, or even the, 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 the spirit of the God or the person, um, the God that impregnated her was dealing with agriculture and dealing with fertility rights and dealing with all types of sexual rights or, or what have you. And that this is what God calls fornication. All right. So we're in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, and I'm reading verses 19 through 21. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. 
And here we go. Now, this is Paul. I, before we, you know, before we go, this is Paul addressing Galatia. Now, Galatia was not a city; it was a region. Right? Galatia was not a city; it was a region, which is in modern-day northern Turkey. Right? It's in modern-day northern Turkey, which had like four or five cities uh, connected to this whole area. Right? So, this this letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians is to a, a region, to a realm. Uh, that, that is modern-day Turkey today. We're going to get into that as we get into this class. Right? We're going to get into that as we get into this class today. So this is the letter that Paul had wrote to them. All right? So this is Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Uh, and it reads, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So this, this, again, we've been going over this series, brothers and sisters, and we, we spoke about Ephesus, uh, how Ephesus was the epicenter of, the, 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 uh, of, of Asia uh, for the worship of the goddess Diana, which, again, it, um, goes back to Hera, which goes back to Astarte, which goes back to Venus, which goes back to Aphrodite, which goes back to Isis, which goes back to Ceramicus, which goes back to paganism, the origin of where all this started from, all right? And, and, and the, the rights and the things that they were heavily steeped into. Here in Galatia, as we find, we're going to find out about Galatia, this region, there was lots of Gentile pagan worship happening in this area as well. And for the, those people that were now coming back and being cleansed, coming back to Christ, coming back to the knowledge of, the, of, of uh, their true identity, that they are the Israelites, that there were so many traditions and so many rituals and so many customs that, that we were so steeped in, Paul kept repeatedly having to, having to repeat these things about fornication, about these things. And some words that stick out that I want, us to try, I want us to focus on is that the works of the flesh, which are manifest, are these. The first thing he mentions here is adultery. I'm in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. But it says that's, going to be, that's going to be profound. I'm talking about for my brother, I should write this off. That's going to be profound, that, that adultery is going to be mentioned. The second thing he mentioned is fornication. Then uncleanness then lasciviousness, then idolatry, then witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why was Paul having to stress this so much? Why was, this, why was this written in this letter to Galatia, to, the, to the, the new Gentile Israelites coming back to the nationality, coming back to now doing things right in the eyes of God, what things they, that they had to be cleansed from and not return to, all right? Now, we might just read this. The reason, I, let, let me say it like this. If we, just by going, again, by the New Testament, just by going by the New Testament, we can read things like this. And we can see 
and get an understanding of where like Seventh Day Adventists uh, get their, their their doctrine from. We can see where uh, Holy Rollers might get their doctrine from. We can even see where, where Quakers and 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 uh, uh, might get their doctrine from. But as we're going to get into this, brother, says if we understand the context of what Paul was writing about, it's because there was so much heavy pagan worship and pagan rituals being being conducted in Ephesus, in Galatia, in Pergamos, in in uh, in Colossians, uh, the seven churches uh, in, in Revelations. Uh, that I mean, it was it was, and it goes directly back to as I'm jumping ahead of myself. We're going to find out. That a lot of these rituals and things that that was that Paul was warning us about, and also Peter and Christ, it goes back to a lot of the customs and things that that the Canaanites were carrying out, and they they, they carried over in learning them from Nimrod, and learning them from Canaan, and getting them directly from Ham, the son of Noah. Going all the way back to there, brothers and sisters, going all the way back to there. And the reason why God had to bring the flood in the first place. Right? The reason why God had to bring the flood in the first place. So with that, brothers and sisters, what I would like to do is um, a, a reference book that I'd like to go to, a reference book that I do like to pull from, uh, that I have gotten from Eastward. Uh, I'm, I'm not sponsored by Eastward because you know, it, it is a free app. Uh, if you really want to kind of get serious about your studies, um, I recommend go to eastward.org and download Eastward. It's free. Or eastward.net. It's free. You should not have to pay for any of it. It's 100% absolutely free. And they got so many references, reference books, dictionaries, uh, uh, commentaries, uh, encyclopedias, uh, lexicons. It's ridiculous. All right? So, so one of the reference books I do like to, to pull from is called the Encyclopedia of Biblical Theological and Ecclesiastical Literature, all right? The Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, all right? And I'm looking up the word fornication, all right? We'll look up the, I'm looking up the word fornication from the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. And let me just go ahead and throw this out there, throw this out there as well. Brothers and sisters, I'm a very insecure person. Right? I'm a very insecure person. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. The reason I try to stick so much to letting the Bible do the talking and let these references uh, do the talking, I'm very insecure. I'm a very insecure individual. So I like to try and get as much of this type of information out as possible, but from scripture scripture-based but also historical reference or references based that I'm not lying to you, all right, that this is the work and this is this, and it's not just me coming up with stuff, something on the top of my head, just to have something to say off the top of my head, all right? I, 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 I really hate the spotlight. I can't stand the spotlight. Um, I don't, I, I, and I, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. So I use a lot of these references and a lot of scriptures, the way I teach, the way I come across, that you can now go look this information up for yourself as well. All right? You can see where I'm pulling this from, that this ain't just my way of thinking. This ain't just me 
um, I'm, I'm up at night meditating, and I'm going to say, I'm going to just drop some type of jewel. Uh, my name is not Confucius, all right? I, I'm not Confucius. I'm not, I'm not uh, Muhammad. I'm Mashaba, right? I am Mashaba. So just, I just want to put it out there. just want to put that out there. All right, so from the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, the word fornication, all right? Fornication is illicit sexual intercourse, especially of a married woman, all right? Illicit sexual intercourse, especially of a married woman. And it says the adultery. But we're going to get further into this. They're going to, the, the compilers of this encyclopedia are going to get more into this, all right? From the scriptures, we learn that long before the time of Moses, morals had become very much corrupted. So even before Moses came with the law and wrote the law down for, for our forefathers, the Israelites, when we came out of Egypt, that mor- morals had become very much corrupted, right? Reading on. And not only the, the prostitution of females, but of boys was very common among many nations. Did y'all catch that? And not only the prostitution of females, but of boys was very common among many nations and even made a part of the, and even made part of the divine worship, as may be inferred from the Hebrew words Kaddish, a prostitute boy, and Kaddisha, the feminine of it, which words properly and originally mean a person religiously set apart and consecrated to the phlegmatious vice in question. You had in worship as part of religion among the nations, you had temple prostitution, but not just among females, you had temple prostitutes among boys as well. Yes. Um, and we can reference, we're not going to do that in, in, in this fast here, but you can reference Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 18. You can reference 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 24. You can reference Job chapter 36, verse 14. You can reference Genesis chapter 38, verses 21 through 22. You can reference Numbers chapter 21, verse 1. And Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 18. All right? How great the corruption, reading on. How great the corruption of manners with reference to the marriage relation was among the Egyptians appears from Herodotus. I'm going to read that again. How great the corruption of, of manners with reference to the marriage relation was among the Egyptians appears from Herodotus. The Egyptians had, had marriage was not sacred to them. So to, to, to be a, 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 a female prostitute, a male prostitute, um, that, that just because you were married, that had nothing to do with it, that you had wives that were temple prostitutes. You had children, you had uh, um, uh, um, young boys, whatever, that were temple prostitutes. You had people's daughters, of uh, uh, Egyptian, they, they would make their daughters temple prostitutes, all right? And this is what Paul and, and the apostles was trying to help cleanse the Israelites from here in the New Testament. But this type of, of, of idolatry 
this type of, of these practices was 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 evident even before Moses, the Most had used Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. These practices and these things were prominent amongst the nations. These were the, the other nations, their gods and their worship was heavily steeped with temple prostitution among boys, girls, and marriage was not sacred. All right? Um, appears from Herodotus, as well as the Bible. Reading on. The wife of one of the oldest kings was untrue to him. It was a long time. This this from Herodotus. Right? This from what, what he wrote. Uh, it was a long time before a woman could be found who was, who was faithful to her husband. And when one was at last found, the king took her without hesitation for himself. Are you hearing this? This is what this, this historian is writing about, how the debauchery and the moral corruption that was rampant in the world. That, again, it was a long time before a woman could be found who was faithful to her husband. And when one was found, the king took her without hesitation for himself. With impudent shamelessness, Potiphar's wife ceased to seduce Joseph. We can read about that in Genesis chapter 9, verse 7. All right? That, let, let me go there. Let me go there. Let me, let, me, let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. I didn't want to go here, but you know what? This is where we're going, this is where we're going to be at, so we're going to do it. I'm not going to worry about the time. If we got to just make a part 81 to deal with this fornication, then that just wasn't going to be. All right, going to um, encyclopedia. All right, cool. So, with impudent sadness, Potiphar's wife ceased to seduce Joseph in Genesis chapter 39, verse 7, which reads, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife uh, cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. This was among the Egyptians. Among nations of the world, this was that this was not a problem. Sexual immorality, sexual uncleanness. This this having sex for the sake of having sex, it was it was it was common. We know Joseph rejected it, but this is just an example of what was going on even during at the time of Egypt. Before we came into, into captivity in Egypt, this these type of practices were already taking place. The evidence of the monuments is also not very favorable to the Egyptian women. Thus, they are represented as addicted to excess in drinking wine, as even becoming so much intoxicated as to be unable to stand or walk alone or to carry their liquor discreetly. Wilkinson's History of Egypt of uh, uh, 2167, uh, Egypt, part two, page 167. To prevent those evils to which the Greeks and Romans, Roman philosophers, uh, refused to oppose any decided resistance. Listen. To prevent those evils to which the Greeks and Romans, philosophers, refused to oppose any decided resistance. Moses made the following regulations. Are you hearing what, what's being said, brothers and sisters? The Greeks and the Roman philosophers refused to oppose. 
these traditions of sleeping around, of temple prostitution, whether with boys or with girls, whether you were married or not, that this was a common practice amongst the nations. To where Moses had to come up with this. Well, the most I had Moses come up with this. That among the Hebrews, no prostitute, either male nor female, should be tolerated. And that if the daughter of a priest, especially, were guilty of fornication, she should be stoned and her body burnt. Do you understand how heavy, how, how, how this practice of sharing and prostituting your daughters, your sons, your wives, and yourselves, how prominent this was amongst the nations, that the law had to come out among the given to the Israelites, that if the daughter of a priest was guilty of fornication, of being a temple prostitute, that her father would actually have her be a temple prostitute to serve whatever, to serve the various gods of the nations back then, and that this carried on through all societies throughout today, that her body was, that she should be stoned and her body burnt. That's Leviticus chapter 21 verse 9. Leviticus chapter 21 verse 9. And the daughter of any priest, if she profaneth herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father and shall be burnt with fire. This isn't just talking about being a whore. This was that prostitute. Because this is what the other nations were doing for their gods, that the priests of their temples and serving their idols, serving their gods, they would prostitute their own children, male and females, and their wives. Because these things, as Moses observes in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 29, and Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 17 and 18, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 29, it says, do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. Well, do y'all remember what the warning was to the Israelites in coming into the promised land? That these were some of the things that the nations that were already there were already doing, and that was part of the reason why they were being kicked out of the land, especially the land of Canaan. Not to prostitute thy daughter, to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall into whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. That's Leviticus 7, 19, verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 17 and 18. Deuteronomy chapter 23 now, verses 17 and 18. It says, there shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, no a sodomite of the sons of Israel. That sodomite is not only just, just uh, a male who takes up the proof school, it's talking about one, that, 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 that prostitute, that male prostitute. And brothers and sisters, as we was going over on Thursday, this was also dealing with Dionysus and dealing with Bacchus and their worship, that Dionysus and Bacchus were the gods of theater, the gods of art, as well as intoxication and wine and sexual immorality, that there was heavy um, uh, uh, heterosexual and homosexual practices being carried out to the point where if the initiates 
among, especially among youths. So if the initiates didn't want to do it and didn't consent to it, they were put to death. They were murdered. They were killed. That was, that was the, that's what was happening at Corinth. We covered it on Thursday. Now we're dealing with some of these, these, these things, these rituals, these fornications, and these practices that was even happening now at Galatia. And brothers and sisters, this all goes back to paganism. This all goes back to the worship of the goddess mother, the worship of, 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 of the goddess mother, of the sun gods, the queens of heavens. And all this goes back to and was dealing with these things. And these were some of the routines and some of the, the, the requirements that it took to serve those other gods. This is why God was so upset with the Israelites. I don't require that for y'all to serve me. You don't have to prostitute your daughter or your son to serve me. Just obey my laws. I'll give you the early amount of rain. The agriculture, I'll bring you to the land of milk and honey. I'll make sure the rain is there, the, le- the early rain and the latter rain. I'll make sure you and your family take care of it. I'll make sure y'all will eat. I will be your security. You don't have to do it that way. That's what the nations do. That's what the nations do. Don't y'all do it. But guess what the Israelites just, got, just had to do? Guess what the Israelites just had to do? Coming back to, to, the, to uh, the definition of fornication in the Encyclopedia uh, of Biblical, um, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, where it says, as Moses observes in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 29, and Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 17, 18, there shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel, Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord, thy God, for any vow. For even both these are abomination unto the Lord, thy God. Well, we didn't really cover it in, in this series, but we've been over the worship of Baal, Baal Peor, and Ashtoreth. That Baal Peor, the word Baal being Lord, and Peor being the opening that one of the gods of the Canaanites, one of the fertility gods, the agricultural gods of the Canaanites was a god called Lord of the Opening. And that he was always, always associated with Ashtoreth or Astarte or Easter. And that's where you get the, the, the poles from. And that in the temple worship of, of these two gods, the, the male and the female, that a temple prostitute would have to go and entice the desires of somebody to sleep with her. By dancing, she would dance around the pole until somebody made it rain or they gave, paid her money and she went to a private room and, has, and, and was paid to have sex with a patron. Then she was free from her temple service, that she had sex with someone. But as she danced around the pole, that's where the maypole comes from. The maypole, the stripper pole, it's all the same thing. So when it's saying here in Deuteronomy chapter 20, 23, verse 18, thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore, nor the price of a dog. This ain't talking about a Lassie, Benji, Rin Tin Tin. This ain't talking about a, a dog named Spot. This dog's talking about a, female, a male prostitute. It's talking about a male prostitute. Into the house of the Lord, thy God, for any vow, for even both these are abomination unto the Lord that God, because this was a practice of the nations. 
and how they served their gods. This is not what God wanted the Israelites to lead, to give the example of how to be one with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a loving God. Don't do like the nations do to their gods. All right, reading on <clears throat> with the definition. Were a great abomination in the sight of God. Further, in order that priests of avarious uh, minds should not, in imitation of the nations, make crimes of this kind a part of the divine worship he enacted. Do not let this come in to how the Israelites are supposed to worship the creator. Mind you, these temple prostitutes, male and female, you understand how they would dress, how the females would dress? We didn't go into it in Corinthians. Uh, I can't right now. But you go into how the, the, the women would wear long hair. And for in particular in Corinth, they would wear not only long hair, it'd be long blonde hair. That's how you know if a woman was a, temple, was a prostitute, she might have a wig on, a long blonde-haired wig. And that's what let everybody know she was a temple prostitute. Men would do it also. Men would have blonde wigs also. And then the way they would dress with the makeup, men and women, the cross-dressing, men and women, the, the, some transgender, some trans, tra hell, no. All that was let you know that these people were, 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 were a part of Dionysus worship, Bacchus worship, Aphrodite worship, uh, Zeus worship, Jupiter worship, that that's what they were involved with. And these things were prevalent in Asia and in Europe during the time of the apostles. Going all the way back to Nimrod to the time of the, uh, the, the Tower of Babel, right after the flood. These things were prominent among the nations. And this is what the disciples and the apostles was trying to pull the Israelites from. These type of things. What we see is heavy in America today. The pushing of the transgender, pansexual, and pan. I just heard this the other day from uh, my, my friend Roger up in Oregon. A pansexual. I didn't look it up, but do you know who pan is? Like Peter Pan? Transgender? Non-binary? That goes directly to pan worship. Put the makeup on and be effeminate. Put the makeup on and, 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 and or if you're a woman, be more masculine. Don't grow up. Don't have any cares. Just be free. Be a child forever. Come on. We're thinking this is some cute Disney. Do you know how much witchcraft, witchcraft Disney comes out with? Looney Tunes? Hell, Stan Lee and Marvel Comics and DC Comics? Come on, y'all. These gods have not gone anywhere. The worship of all these other gods and idols hasn't gone anywhere. It, the names have just changed to what today is just is common. To what you're not even thinking it is worshiping or dealing with a whole other god, but it is at the price of liberty. Remember? Dionysus Bacchus is the god of liber, liberty. Let yourself go. Live outside yourself.
That's why reason they were the gods of art, of acting. You have to be you. You can be something else. Here, drink this. Here, taste this. Here, take this drug. Just lose it. Reading on, reading on, reading on with the definition of fornication. That the price of prostitution, though presented in return for a vow, should not be received in the sanctuary. The law, it, 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 uh, it seems, was sometimes violated in times of the kings. It also enacted. So Moses gave us Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 18. But in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 7, and he breaks down the houses of the Sodomites that were, that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. The artsy-fartsy type stuff. The houses of the Sodomites. And I know right now, we, uh, you know, the news right now is talking heavily about uh, what's your boy, Dwight Howard, and, and uh, his dealings with, with P. Diddy and with Will Smith. These were the houses of the Sodomites. Male prostitutes. This was going on, brothers and sisters. The, the heterosexual, bisexual, pansexual, transgender, trans everything, queer, just be happy. That's this, these were the practices that were taking place. And this is what the apostles and the disciples was pushing for Israel to, to get away from. This is what the prophets were teaching throughout, throughout the history of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Separate yourselves from these practices of the nations, from the gods and the idols of these nations. Read over the definition. That the man who has seduced female, seduced, the man who has seduced a female should marry her, and in case the father would not consent, should pay the customary dowry, uh, uh, 30 shekels. In case violence had been offered, 50 shekels. And we can read about this in Deuteronomy chapter, oh, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. It says, and if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed, and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. There was so much free love, like the, like the, like, like the, the, the hippie movement, like the XC movement, where everybody's on, on some sort of X, uh, Xanax, uh, Coke, crack, uh, uh, just feel good drug, whatever. It's just free love, just, just Get in where you fit in. This ain't no. This old Prince thing with the with the, the transgender uh, androgynous uh, movement. That wasn't Prince just being uh, uh, eccentric. That has direct correlation going back to the worshiping of these other gods, and for everything being very sexual especially through the music and the drugs, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the music. We covered a little bit on Thursday, part two. So again, it says, and if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. You're not going to just go around just having free love. That's not going to happen. 
No, you're not going to just find a woman and just have sex with her. No, you're going to be responsible. This is what Moses was trying to get was instructing us. God was instructing us. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, let me get this. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20, verse 23. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto her husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then ye shall bring them both out unto, uh, unto the gate of the city, and ye shall stone them with stones, that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. Are you listening? A damsel that is a, vir a virgin. And we're, oh, we're going to get to this. That's today. Um, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23. Uh, but a damsel that is a virgin, be betrothed unto a husband. She's engaged to be married. And a man find her in the city and lie with her. Then ye shall bring them both out of, uh, unto the gate of the city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city. If you really wanted things to stop, you could have cried out, and there, help should have came. But you didn't cry out, so you consented to this, even though you're married, even though you were engaged to be married. following the customs, the traditions, and the religion of the nations around us, not following the laws, statutes, commandments of the Lord our God, which was given to us for our good. And it says, and the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife, so shall thou put away evil from among you. Who, brothers and sisters, ah. Uh, Verse 25, but if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. This is dealing with, with, with rape. All right? This is dealing with rape. A nigga rapes a woman, kill him. All right? That's Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 25. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, She's betrothed. She's engaged. And the man force her and lie with her. Then the man only that lay with her shall die. But why would this man do this? Because he's following the gods of the nations around us and all the sexual perversions and immorality that the nations and them serving their gods, that they allowed. But unto the damsel, thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin Worthy of death. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. I hope I don't lose my spot here. Right. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 26. But to the damsels, thou shalt do nothing. There is, there is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man rises against his neighbor and slays him, even so is this matter. Uh, verse 27, for he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was, no, there was none to save her. Verse 20, if a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and he lie with her, and they be found, 
Then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her. Listen, he may not put her away all of his days. You're going to take care of this woman for the rest of your natural life. That's how sacred this was. But this is how, how not only sacred this was, but this is how, how, how what are the words I'm looking for, brothers and sisters? And, and, think, and the, the nations that were around us, they were doing this stuff freely. Everybody was having sex with everybody and also with animals too. There was so much fornicating going on, so much fornication going on, that this had to become a law in Israel. If you find a woman that's betrothed and you lay with her because you, 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 you're trying to do the doodle brown, you're trying to do the freak nick, you're trying to do the, uh, uh, what, what's that, 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 that cruise that, that, that Tom Jordan does every year? Or this, this Steve Harvey uh, uh, thing on that, down there in Georgia where everybody's just having, just, just going at it, wife swapping and all types of just, just madness going on? You want to get caught up into that? No. There's going to be straight people dying. That's wickedness. This was supposed to be to be the consequence of doing these things. It was supposed to be a deterrent. But we're seeing from the days of Moses, and this is why I like to go through the timeline, brothers and sisters. From the days of Moses, remember Moses led the Egyptians, led us out of Egypt about approximately, according to scholars, 1,500 years before Christ came. We're reading about some of the fornication going on during the time of when Paul was, was teaching around 51 to 62 AD, <laughs> approximately 1,600 years later, how prominent were these practices still, I must say, even seeped into Israelite worship among the Israelites, how inundated we became in these practices. And these types of worships and these things that we were that, that the nations were doing that God didn't want us to partake in. This is why God had to punish us. This is why we kept having to get punished. Because we kept wanting to include the nations, be like the nations, party like the nations, party like a rock star. We want to give in to pleasure. We didn't want to be restricted. We wanted to feel free. Free falling. I know it's a rock and roll song. That's what we wanted. We wanted those things. I want the liberty to, to do me, to be me, to just do it, to seize the day. YOLO. You only live once. How do I know I might not like it until I try it? Whatever it might be. This, these were the things that God was trying to give us a boundary. Not to go this, not to take it here. Not to take it here, but we kept rebelling against God to take it here. But these were some of the laws that were enacted or given to us by Moses in that 40 years in the wilderness, so we wouldn't be doing these things to our own children, to our own wives, to our own sons, to, to one another. But we didn't. We just had to be like the nation come up with this man somebody uh, obey the law of the land. Going back to the definition of fornication, brothers and sisters, going back to the definition of fornication from the Encyclopedia of Theological, Biblical, 
and ecclesiastical, I'm sorry, I said them wrong, the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. All right. Reading on, it says that anyone who, when married, was not found to be a virgin, as uh, she professed before marriage, should be stoned before her father's house. When we go to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20 through 21, it reads, but if this thing be true, and the, if, so if a man came and, if a man married a woman, uh, they had, and they had the, uh, uh, the wedding feast, and then he came back and claimed that, that when I married her, she was not a virgin. Somebody had taken her virginity. She was basically a whore. She's a hoe. She's a prostitute. She's a bitch. Just sleeping with any and everybody like a, a female dog would. No shame. Now, this is the consequence for that. This, this is what the law concerned that because it was so prominent among the Egyptians and the Canaanites and the people of the world. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20 to 21. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel. In Hebrew Israelite culture, we had no wedding, if you will, ceremony. There was no standing before a priest or a reverend, a bishop, a, a, a judge, the justice of the peace. There was none of that. There was none of that. We had, um, there, there was a dowry or a contract that was established between the groom and the, and the, and the bride's father that the, the groom, to prove his love uh, and prove his uh, integrity, there was a dowry that he had to come up with. We can read, you can read about that with, with uh, Jacob and Laban when it came for, to Jacob marrying Rachel. That the dowry was he would work for seven years. We know in, in total he wanted to work at 21 years uh, uh, for Rachel uh, and finally get Rachel, Leah, uh, Zilpah, and Bilhah. But that seven years, he, uh, at 14 years, he worked to marry Rachel to prove his love, his loyalty, or what have you. There was a contract that was established between the father and the groom. Now, on the night of the, of the actual uh, wedding, which was, was a wedding feast, it was, it was, it was, it was um, a feast, and it was, it was an announcement made in front of the whole city that now these two were going to be married, right? That they might have been betrothed. There might have been a, 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 an engagement, but it was agreed upon. It was known um, that, yes, this man is going to be marrying this woman, all right? Now, say the, the marriage night came down. They get married. And then the, the husband comes up, the, the groom comes and says, look, she was a hoe. She was a whore. She, she was not a virgin when I lay with her, when, when we had sex. Now, here we go, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20, verse 20. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel. So on their wedding night, the honeymoon night, if you will, it would be in the parents' room. The nuptials would be held in a room arranged by the parents, all right? And they would have a sheet on the bed. And obviously now, so when, when the, the bride and the groom, they had sex, the groom would take her virginity and there would be blood. The next day, the bridesmaids would go in and they would take that sheet, which had the blood on it, as proof that when the bride 
slept with this husband, with this man, she was a virgin because there would be blood. And that, that sheet would be given, you know, folded up and, 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 and wrapped up, and that would be given to her parents as proof that they raised a virgin, that the night that she got married, she was a virgin until the night she got married. That no other man had laid with her. There was no temple prostitution going on. There was no, no incest going on. There was nothing like that happening that when she made it to her wedding night, she was a virgin. And that this would be the proof of her virginity. But if it comes to the point where this husband's now saying, hey, no, she's a hoe. She had already laid with somebody else. And now her tokens of virginity cannot be found. That sheet cannot be found. Verse 21. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house. And the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die. Because she has wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put away evil among you. The reason this was such a severe uh, uh, punishment, and don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear the women's lips shit. The reason this was such a severe punishment is because this is how prominent this practice, not the practice of, of, of uh, the virgins, but how prominent it was that, that women were just sleeping around and that fathers was giving their daughters away as prostitutes, that, that this was so prominent and sexual promiscuity, that's what I'm looking for. There was so much sexual promiscuity that such a severe penalty had to be brought about. Something to this extreme had to happen because of just how much sexual immorality and uh, promiscuity, promiscuous, promiscuousness was taking place. This is how bad it got that this law had to, had, had to be drawn up to try and stop this practice. Now, hopefully you, you had enough love for your daughter, you make sure nothing like this ever happened to her. So now we don't have just a whole bunch of just wildness taking place. So much dysfunction within our families taking place. Because there was a lot of incest involved with this also. But we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Maybe not tonight, but we're going to get to it. Reading on with the definition. These laws, it must be admitted, were severe. But prostitutes of both sexes, notwithstanding, their severity were set apart in the time of the kings for the service of idols. This type of madness, it, it, these practices of the sexual promiscuity, it, it ranged from before we came out of Egypt with the Egyptians, with the Canaanites, with the Hittites, with the Jebusites, with the Hivites, with all the rest of the other nations, the, Moab, oh, the Moabites, the Ammonites, it was so prevalent among all the other nations with their sex gods, with their, their fertility gods, with their agricultural gods, that this is what God was trying to get. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was trying to prevent the Israelites from falling into. When we go to Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 16 through 19. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 16 through 19. This is what it says. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which, which 
flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold on the paths of life. This is what Solomon was trying um, with. This is what Solomon was trying to impart to his children. David was trying to impart to Solomon. Well, Solomon and, and to the rest of us to be careful. Because this type of, of madness, it, it, come on, it got Solomon caught up, brothers and sisters. King Solomon got caught up into the same, these same worships. He got caught up into these same practices. And the God of Israel spoke to him when he was a, young, a youth. That's Proverbs chapter 2, verses 16 through 19. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 through 6, it says, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, thou shalt find, thou shalt, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom and, uh, of his mouth, uh, goeth knowledge and understanding. God will tell you, I don't, you don't need to do those type of things to please him. But when we go back and we study and, and look at how those gods, the, the, the agricultural gods of all the other nations, they would have the people that worship them like, 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 like a reverse pornographic movie. That from the sex that that that, pe- that the, these women would have and these men would have with one another, and and the ecstasy that they would give themselves over to, the orgies that they would participate in, that the gods, the male sky gods, and the female uh, agricultural gods, fertility gods, they would see humans having all this sex and all this all this ecstasy going around, that it would make the 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 gods. Climax, and that's where the rain would come from. That's why that it would make the, it would make rain come so the crops would be watered. That the seeds of the of the of the plants would now grow because these gods, these fertility gods, these agricultural gods would watch humans have sex, whether heterosexual, homosexual, or, or bestiality, and it, it would get them so turned up that when they would release, that that's why the weather would change. That's why the weather, that's why the rain and the seeds, and it was going to be a good harvest, going to be a good year, because their gods were pleased with all the sex and all the pleasure, all the things that humans were doing. This is how the, these gods were worshipped. And God's like, you don't need that. I don't need that. That's not, that, that No. But this is how the gods of nations were doing. This is the practice of all the other nations. Going back to, you guessed it, Nimrod, Ceramicus, and Tammuz. It all traces back to that. All right? Um, Oh, man. 
Brothers and sisters, join me in going to Amos chapter 2, verse 7. Amos chapter 2, verse 7. And it reads, That pant after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor, and turn aside the way of the meat. And a man and his father will go in unto the same maid to profane my holy name. This is Amos chapter 2, verse 7. How bad did things get, brothers and sisters? How bad was it? This is what the other nations were doing, that God it got to the point where God hated the Israelites because we wanted to be like the other nations. We wanted to follow their gods and participate in their drunkenness, participate in their activities, participate in their lusts, participate in their, their, their getting high, getting blows, and having out-of-body experiences with climaxes so hard, you, 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 you think you're seeing the eyes of God. In Amos chapter 7 verse 17 now, the book of Amos chapter 7 verse 17. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, thy wife shall be a harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be uh, divided uh, by line, and thou shalt be in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity, for uh, going into captivity, uh, forth of his land. It's not like the God hadn't tried to warn the Israelites from the time of Moses all the way here to the time of Amos that if we didn't get get right with God and stop doing these things, that we was going to be kicked out of our land. Like how he made sure that, that the Canaanites was kicked out of the land for doing the exact same practices, for doing the exact same things in the promised land. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 2. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 2. This is how God is seeing the Israelites. This is the things that we were doing. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 2. Lift up thine eyes unto the high places, and see where thou hast not been lined with. In the ways hast thou set for them, as the Arabian in the wilderness. And thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. This is what the Israelites, instead of saying pure, true, and holy to God, we started participating heavily in these same things to where God cannot stand us. Because we wanted to be like the nations instead of being set apart, instead of being severed, instead of showing the nations how to dwell in the land righteously. That just giving yourself over the pleasure in that manner and the drunkenness and, and, and the wickedness and the uncleanness and the idolatry and the envyings and the pollutions that we were getting uh, uh, caught up into, the wife swapping we were getting caught up into, the husband swapping we were getting caught up into, the, uh, the, the download parties we were getting caught up into. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Jeremiah chapter 5 or 7. Jeremiah chapter 5 or 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the hardest houses. How many mega churches in the 
are there in America today? Do we think this is something new? Among the Greeks and Romans of the apostles' days, licentiousness was fearfully prevalent. Just give yourselves over to whatever sexual gratification you could possibly find with whomever. Reading on, in Scripture, this word occurs more frequently uh, in its symbolical, in, in symbolical than in its ordinary sense. In the prophets, woman is often made this symbol of the church or nation of the Jews. The, 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 the church or the nation of the Jews is also often in the prophets referred to as a woman. Most of the he likes us to a woman. Uh, he likes the, the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, unto uh, a woman. It says, reading on, which is regarded as affianced to Jehovah by the covenant on Mount Sinai, that we became married to the Most High by the covenant on Mount Sinai, where we heard the Ten Commandments. All right? In Ezekiel chapter 16, there is a long description of that people under the symbol of a female child growing up to the stature of a woman and then wedded and then wedded to the Most High by entering into a covenant with him. Yeah, when we read Ezekiel chapter 16, we're not going to do it today. Read on your own. That the Most High likes the nation of Israel to like a young female child growing up to the stature of a woman and then wedded to the Most High by entering into a covenant with him. Reading on that with the definition, it says, therefore, when the Israelites acted contrary to that covenant by forsaking God and following idols, they were very properly, rep- very properly represented by the symbol of a harlot or adulteress offering herself to all comers. The nation of Israel was like unto a harlot or an adulteress who offers herself to all comers. Go back and read Ezekiel chapter 16. Oh, my goodness. When we read the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 2, the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 2, this is why this is recorded in Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. He said, I've, I've been taking care of y'all since y'all came out of Egypt. I've been there. But all Israel, likes to do, all Israel does is rebel against God to go and serve these other gods, serve these other pleasures, whatever makes you feel good. That's the root of all this, brothers and sisters. The root of, of worshiping all these other gods ain't just the sex. It's not just the prostitution. It's not just that. It's whatever gives you pleasure. That, that's the basis of serving all these other gods and all these other idols and all this, all this fornication. Whatever makes you feel good. For, for, don't be restricted by God's rules. 
If you feel like doing something, then just do it. The only one you're going to answer to is you. That's why I said stubbornness is as witchcraft. Just be stubborn about you're going to do what you want to do. Be a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. Whatever makes you feel good, do it. Only one you have to answer to is you. This is what the, the, these, all these, the worshiping all these other gods, this is what they afford. This was the liberty that they, that they gave. When we go to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 20, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 20, it says, From old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands, and thou saidest, I will not transgress. When upon every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest playing the harlot. Do you hear what the Lord is saying about the nation of Israel? The Israelites. Not the Israelis over there in, in the land today. It's about our people, the 12 tribes of Israel. Before he had to bring us to this level of captivity, this level of punishment, he said that under, on every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest playing the harlot. Under every green tree. Have y'all ever seen a mountain? You ever been in the woods? If you happen to make it to Africa, out there with Brother Aisha White Bazaar, you, you'll see trees. One you can count. Don't, don't, please don't travel up uh, uh, the, the 550 or the, or the uh, 590 or, or I-25 and go up into Colorado, the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. But there's some, I mean, I've never seen so many trees in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. And I might say trees. I'm talking about 100-footers easily. Easily, 100, 100 foot. Trees are, are at least 100 foot tall, and you cannot, there's no way you can count how many trees there are. It just can't be done. And the Lord here says of the nation of Israel that we played the harlot under every green tree. And just wanting to do, finding pleasure in however we wanted to find pleasure. And then expecting God to be happy with it. So reading on with the definition. Ezekiel chapter 16, Hosea chapter 1 verse 2, chapter 3 verse 11. Thus, fornication or adultery, which is fornication in a married scale state, became and is used as the symbol of idolatry itself. When we read Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8 through 9, Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, it says, And I saw, when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass, through the likeness of her whoredom, that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. Brothers and sisters, do you understand that, that, that that's God giving a description of a, of a woman having sex toys? 
I'm trying to keep it as PG as possible. And committing, uh, defiling the land and committing adultery with stones and with stocks. But how Israel, how we got carried away and, and got saturated into worshiping all these other customs, traditions, and ways of the other nations. This is how God looked at us. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 26. Thou hast also committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh, and hast increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. If you get a picture of what God's talking about, you committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Rodney. Rodney. We're supposed to be pure to the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth. But he said, here we're committing fornication. Not only have we committed fornication and adultery, playing the harlot under every green tree on every high hill. Here he's saying that we, the Egyptians, with their gods and, we, and, and, and worshiping their ways and, partic- and, and doing things the way they do things, it's like being with a man who is great of flesh. It's given chapter 16, verse 29. Or 30, yeah, 29. It says, Thou hast moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of Canaan unto Chaldea, and yet thou was not satisfied herewith. He said, after you laid down with the Egyptians who were great of flesh, you, you laid down in the land of Canaan. All the way to Chaldea. Remember, brothers and sisters, remember how Abraham came out of Ur of Chaldea, all the way up by Assyria, up by modern-day Iraq, all the way over to the land of Canaan, all the way over to Israel. He said, you've laid with all these gods of all these other nations, and you still weren't satisfied therewith. If you're not going to tell me that's like a, not like a bitch in the heat, a female dog in heat that just can't be satisfied. This is how it. This is how disgusting the Israelites got in the eyes of the Father to be like the other nations. That God already said He counted them as spit anyway. Their gods and the way they do things, God can give a damn about. But here we are doing the exact same things they're doing and come back to Him like ain't nothing wrong. Like why is God upset that we find our own pleasure? Why is God upset that we're doing things that make us feel good? What's wrong with him? Why can't he be more open-minded? Why so many rules? Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 27. Ezekiel chapter 23 and verse, I'm sorry, verse 37. Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 37. That they have committed adultery. And blood is in their heads, hands. I'll read it again. Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 37. That they have committed adultery, and blood is in their hands. And with their idols have they committed adultery. And have also caused their sons, whom they bear unto me, to pass through the fire. To pass them through the fire to devour them. That goes into the worship of Molech. And I, didn't even, I haven't even touched on that yet. I haven't even touched on that yet. 
where we were literally burning up our kids through the God Molech in a, in a fire. We literally taking our kids and burning them up, up, up in a fire. And the, 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 the practicality of that is that they would be so frightened. You know, you ever, if you ever go hunting or, or be around hunters, they try it when, when, when you put down an animal, you don't want the animals to get spooked. Because what happens is that that, that flight or fight um, uh, reaction happens in, in an animal. And if they're spooked, then all those hormones, the adrenaline and, and whatever else gets released into the blood. And when you kill the animal, when you eat the, eat the meat, you're going to taste all that. It's, and it's going to be kind of hard because the animal is in that, that flight or fight flight um, uh, uh, mentality. Even when, when we um, when we, we prepared the lambs for Passover at that spot out there in uh, Houston, where uh, I forget the name of it, but when we uh, the way they would slaughter the 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 the, the lambs or, or, or the sheep, it, it was very humane. It was very very humane, and the way, the way that, that we were instructed to do it is, you know, we 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 we, we catch a, a a sheep or lamb. And you would get it to relax. You would literally get it to relax. And the guy will actually show us how, you know, the, when you get it to lay down and relax. Because first, you know, it, it's skittish. But you get it and you get it to lay down and relax. So where you even put, like, the animal's own ears to cover his eyes. And you, you're just kind of petting him. And the animal just relaxes. And then one thing that's unique about a, a, a lamb that the lamb will get so relaxed that then the lamb will like lift his like he's laying on the ground on the side, and then the lamb will just automatically like adjust his neck to open up the 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 uh, what's that the the aorta to let you know it, that it's it's calm. yeah you have to come be calm also because the animal is reacting to you so you have to be really calm you can't come fearful. You can't come with, 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 with spider guile. It's really interesting the way, way it happens. But you relax this animal, and then the animal, when it's ready for slaughter, it will offer its neck to you. And after you take the knife, and you got to do it quick, and you cut the throat, and you got to cut both sides. You, cut, you make one slice. You make one slice on one side of the neck, and then when you pull the knife back, you kind of reach under and cut the other side of the neck. And then the animal just lay there and just kind of, just kind of bleed out. It's very humane. But in doing so, the, uh, none of the, the endorphins, none of the, the adrenaline gets released into, into, into the bloodstream, and you can really taste that. You can actually taste that in the blood. So when I'm bringing that up, oh, speak about it. Come on, Masaba. I, I guess it's a vivid picture of, 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 of how the act happens. I mean, I, I went back there. I was actually there just now. I traveled back to when we, when we did that. I just remember how, how, how humane it, it was. It wasn't – and I've also – you know, we, we started lambs where this guy, you know, we caught the lamb. There was no mercy. Uh, strung it up, upside down, cut his throat, and he was screaming. Um, it was a goat screaming, going, I mean, just going to hell off, just going to hell off as, as the blood was, was gushing out of, out, uh, out of his throat. He's still trying to, trying to scream out. 
I've seen some horrendous ones, but the way this guy did it, it, rem- it reminds me of when, when the scripture says that Christ led us as sheep to the slaughter and lifted up not his voice, that lambs and sheep, they actually made for slaughter. And there's a, a proper humane way of doing it to where it's not, um, it's not cruel. It's not inhumane. It, 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 it's, uh, it's tactful. That's the best way I can say it. But I forget why I was, I was bringing that up. I, was, I, I, was, I wanted to relate that to uh, oh, and dealing with Malek, and actually having our having our sons and our daughters pass through the fire to the god the god Malek. So, like you would kill that animal, and you want to do it humane, or all the endorphins or all the the, the chemicals get released into the into the body. In the worship of Malek. And when we would have our children pass through the fire, they had these big giant, um, it'd be like a big owl with, owl, with, with hands outstretched, or it'd be a giant bull um, that was hollow on the inside, a big giant brass or bronze bull. And then they would, light, they would light a fire underneath it, and it's metal. And they would put the kids inside of the, this hollow bull. And as you lit the fire, and it started heating up this, this, this huge giant bowl. The screams for the children being cooked alive would, 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 would uh, bellow through this, this, this hollow bowl and come out like the, the, the mouthpiece and it would make, make like a, a, a sound. It would make like a sound of the way it, it was going. But the blood from these children would be drained. And now this blood, they'd, be, they'd be so terrified. And, and have such a, uh, the flight, the fight or flight, um, uh, reaction. Then now their blood is infused with all these, all these, these, these chemicals and all this, this, this adrenaline and endorphins, the dopamine and all that type of stuff, the, the, the ephedrine, uh, every damn thing. That, that they would take this blood and they would literally drink it. Because remember, Scripture says that life is in the blood. So part of the worship that, that the nations were doing, that the Israelites got heavily seeped into, was finding that fountain of youth. That we would literally have kids that this is what we do. So when you hear about Pizzagate and hear about this dude Epstein and all these missing kids or whatever, that's what they're doing on the, on the, uh, the milk boxes or what have you. That's what they're doing. They're taking these kids and, uh, and kidnapping them for, for sex rings. But then when they get finished with them, they go ahead and, and, and tear up and horrify them so that all these chemicals get released in their blood, and then they take the blood. Oprah is, 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 is a big proponent of this, Sandra Bullock. You can go find YouTube videos where they admit that, that the lotion and some of the skincare products is made from the foreskin and made from children. It, they, they tell you this. It's the fountain of youth. It keeps them looking young. Keeps them looking young. They're skin tight. That goes back to more like worship. Yeah, you know, when you hear about the stem cell research, they're taking the stem cells from your placenta. Like when a woman has a baby, they want to keep the placenta because they use that to, to, to get stem cells and, and to harvest and to, to heal. What the hell do you think they got that from? But see, you think it's science. You've been taught it's science. No way in hell that's going back to the worship of Molech, of Baal, 
of Nimrod, of Ceramus, of Aphrodite, of, of uh, uh, Dionysus, of, of, of Bacchus, of Hercules, of Zeus, of Jupiter. No way, because we don't study. Because we don't study. I can't believe um, this much time has already elapsed. Let me check my text messages here. Um, Coach Martinez, I guess this is for tomorrow. I can look at this later. Um, what is this here? From my brother Aish Whitezar. From my brother. Um, right, for sure. Right, the brother Whitezar. So getting back now to my notes in this class. All right, so we read that, read that. Cool. All right, brothers and sisters. Now what I want to deal with, if we go back to Galatians chapter 5, now let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. And it's funny, we, we, we've only read this, this, pretty much this. We'll go back to Galatians chapter 5 and the warning from Paul to the people of Galatia. And remember, Galatia was a whole territory. It was like four or five cities. It wasn't just one city in, in northern Iraq today. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, and, and Paul warning or talking to the Israelites who, who are now being converted from being Gentiles and worshiping and being heavily steeped and growing up for centuries and for generations, heavily seeped into the, the, the practices, the religion of the, of the nations, of the Gentiles, and of their gods and their practices. Now, Paul's coming back and warning them now in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we read fornication. Now, I'm not going to read all of those, but I do want to get to revelings. Right? I do want to get to revelings. And we're going to now the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. And we're looking up revelings. Right? We're looking up revelings. It says, the word is found both in the King James Version and in the Revised Version, the British and American. Also in the Wisdom of Solomon, uh, chapter 14, verse 23. Let me get that real quick. I, I thought that was unique that here, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia is actually quoting the Apocrypha. So let me pull this up real quick. Wisdom of Solomon. And for those that you should remember that the Apocrypha was a part of the original King James Version Bible, but the Catholic Church took it out around the year 1880. But in 1611, when they they completed the translation of the Bible, it was in there. Old Testament, New Testament, and uh, the Apocrypha. So it says Revelings. This word is found both in the King James Version in the King James Version and in the Revised Version, the British and American. 
and in the wisdom of Solomon, chapter 14, verse 23. Let me pull that up. I'm just curious. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 14, verse 23. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I'm going to start verse 21. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 14, verse 21. It says, and this was an occasion to deceive the world. For, for men, serving either calamity or tyranny, did ascribe unto stones and stocks in an incommunicable name. So it's telling you, when you read chapter 14, with Psalm chapter 14, it talks about when it, um, it's going over when uh, it gives, it gives a, a metaphor or a parable or a story of a man whose child died, whose son dies. And he's so overcome with grief um, about his son dying that he makes a shrine, he essentially makes a shrine to him. He goes and gets some wood, um, and the wood supposed to represent the son and his son. And as, as opposed to letting the son spirit rest, like the scripture says, this, this man is so caught up in grief that he makes this thing, and, and the sentimental value of his son, that he makes this, 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 this object, and now this object requires of becoming an idol. Because he just, this, he just can't let go of the sentimental value of the sentiments of his son. He's just so overcome with grief. Okay? So, in Wisdom of Psalms, chapter 14, verse 21, it says, And this was an occasion to deceive the world. For men serving either calamity or tyranny, that it was calamity, something bad had happened, this man losing his son, or tyranny, being forced by, by, by the, the country, by the city, by the religion, that whatever he was dealing with was forcing this, they ascribe unto stones and stocks the incommunicable name, that they ascribe now this thing that they made to, 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 in honor of a, of a dead son, in honor of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a loved one. There was so much sentimental value attached to it, that they try, and they try to attach that to, to God, to the, to the Most High, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, because of their grief and their emotional attachment to this thing they made to, to, in honor of a loved one, a past, one who passed away. Verse 22, Wisdom of Solomon chapter 14, verse 22. Moreover, this was not enough for them that they erred in the knowledge of God, whereas they lived in the great war of ignorance, those so great plagues called they peace. We're some stupid ass people. Verse 23, for whilst they slew their children in sacrifices or used secret ceremonies or made revelings of strange rites, they kept neither lives nor marriages any longer um, undefiled, but either one slew another Treacherously, or grieved him by adultery. Man. So that there reigned in all men without exception blood, manslaughter, theft, dissimulation, corruption, unfaithfulness, tumults, and perjury. Disquieting of good men, forgiveness of good turns, defiling of souls, Changing of kind, transgender, disorder in marriages. 
heterosexual, pansexual, um, uh, non-binary, adultery, and shameless uncleanness. For the worshiping of idols, not to be named, is the beginning, the cause, and the end of all evil. For either for either they are mad when they be merry, or prophesy lies, or live unjustly, or else lightly forswear themselves. For for insomuch as their trust is in idols which have no life, though they swear falsely, yet they look not to be hurt. I'm going to go back to the definition. I got about seven minutes left. So, from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, Revelings. The word is found both in the King James Version and in the Revised Version, British and American. In the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 14, it's verse 23. Um, the Revised Version, the British and American, Rebels. Um, orgastic heathen worship is in point. Okay, or orgiastic heathen worship. That's dealing with orgies. Orgiastic means orgies. Orgy heathen worship is in point. This is what reveling is. Being caught up in orgies. Threesomes. Uh, bouquet. B-U-K-K-A-E. Yeah. A, a, uh, uh, bathing in the juices of sex. Showering. Just completely covered in sex. Ogiastic healing worship is in point. In Second Maccabees chapter six verse four, in Galatians chapter five verse twenty one, in First Peter chapter four verse three, right? In Galatians five twenty one, it is uh, chased with fornication. Um, it's classed with fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, and etc. As one of the works of the flesh. Oh, my God. In First Peter chapter four verse three, it is spoken of the Gentiles and is classed with drunkenness and carousing and such like. When you're dealing with, with, with revelings, it's classified with fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness as one of the works of the flesh. That's what Galatians chapter 5, when we read that. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 3, it is spoken of the Gentiles and is classed with being drunk, drunkenness and carousing and such like. In Romans chapter 13, verse 13, the Revised Version has reveling instead of the King James Version, rioting. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, revel replaces riot. Similarly, in Amos chapter 6, verse 7, revelry replaces banquet. The obvious meaning of the word is excessive and boisterous in temperance, and lustful indulgence. The, 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 
uh, in a nutshell, long story short, it's the boisterous intemperance and lustful indulgence. Whatever you want to indulge in, go for it. That's what reveling is, especially equated with being drunk, especially equated with being high. And getting yourselves to whatever pleasure floats your boat. All right, I got a few minutes left. When we go to uh, www.worldhistory.org, right, www.worldhistory.org, uh, Galatia. I want to get this. I didn't want to get this. I might go a little bit over the two hours, just a little bit, but I want to get the definition of, of Galatia from worldhistory.org. What the hell was going on in Galatia that Paul had to give us this warning about what the works of the flesh was from Galatia chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, all right? I'm looking at Galatia. I got 90 seconds left, but I want to go past the two-hour mark, y'all. I'm going to go past the two-hour mark. Uh, Galatia. Galatia was a region in north-central uh, uh, Anatolia, modern-day Turkey, settled by the Celtic Gauls um, around uh, 278 to 277 uh, BCE, before the, before the Common Era. The name comes from the Greek for Gaul, which was replaced uh, by Latin writers, as Galilee. So Galatia was a region in north central uh, Anatolia, modern day Turkey. Settled by the Celtic Gauls, the name comes from the Greek word for Gaul, as repeated by Latin writers as Galilee. The Galatian Celts uh, retained their culture at first, continuing to observe their ancient religions. I'm sorry. The Galatian Celts retained their culture at first, continuing to observe their ancient religious festivals and rituals, but gradually became Hellenized to the point that they were referred to as Greek Gauls by some Latin writers. They were conquered by Rome in 189 BCE. I hope we caught this here, that the Galatian Celts retained their culture at first, continuing to observe their ancient religious festivals and rituals. Keep that in mind, y'all. This is Galatia, and it was conquered by Rome in 189 B.C., all right? Uh, Pisidius was an ancient site which grew up uh, uh, around a great black stone which was said to have fallen from the heavens and symbolized the goddess whom the Galatians worshipped under the, the Phygarian name um, Agadistus. Among Agadistus, many responsibilities uh, were, among Agadistus, many responsibilities were protection, law, and order. Archaeological evidence suggests that the Galatians regularly visited uh, Pisidius and may have even taken the city at some point in order to elevate their standing in the region by controlling the central religious site. So uh, Pisidius is a city in Galatia that was a, was a, uh, uh, was standing as a religion by controlling the central religious site. This is where this, uh, it was a central religious site. Pisidius was a city in Galatia. Um, a prestigious religious site. 
All right, cool. Now, St. Paul Christianity. And again, I'm reading from worldhistory.org uh, uh, under Galatia. And I, I've copy-pasted uh, several paragraphs. I ain't reading the whole thing. Feel free to go back and read it yourself. Uh, it's, it's there for your, for your um, education as well. Jumping down to the, to the, uh, the inserts about St. Paul and Christianity. Early on, the Galatians seem to have adopted the worship of the Phygarian sky god Sabazios, the all-powerful horseman of the heavens brought to Anatola by the Phygarians and depicted as a periodic conflict with the indigenous mother goddess Sybil. So early Galatians were worshiping the Phygarian sky god Sabazios. Sabazios was in conflict with the indigenous mother goddess Sibylle or Sibyl, all right, meaning mountain. Sibyl was the goddess of the ancient uh, Luwinians and the Hittai of the region from as early as 250 BCE. 200 and, I'm sorry, 2500 BCE. 2500 BCE. Guess what that places everything, everybody? Right in the lap of Nimrod. Right in the lap of Nimrod. And Ceramicus. Although venerated by the, the Phygrians, may have been gradually displaced by uh, Sabazios, if the interpretation of the Roman relief of the horse of Sabazios placing its hoof on the land on the on the lunar bull of Sybil, presently in the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, the lunar bull of Sybil. This bull, lunar, mother goddess, Sybil, or Sibeli, is correct in assuming this means uh, primacy of a god over the goddess. Sabizos is depicted as a warrior on horseback, wielding a staff or spear and trampling the world serpent who symbolized chaos. The the Phygians invoked him as a powerful war god and relied on him far more than they did Sybil. The Galatians may have gone in this same direction, but even if they did not, by the time of the missionary works of St. Paul, was was calculated around 5 to 64 BC, uh, 64 CE, in uh, Anatolia, in Turkey, they were receptive to the message of a single, all-powerful male deity who offered salvation through belief in his son. Are you hearing this? By the time Paul teaching Christianity and the follow Christ, the Galatians were, were receptive to the message of a single all-powerful male deity who offered salvation through belief in his son. That this God 
had a son, a divine son. As Sabiazos was associated with Zeus, and Zeus, Zeus's famous son, Heracles, which the Romans called Hercules, was already an established savior figure in Anatolia. The conversion of the pagan paradigm to the Christian would not have been difficult to associate Christ being the Son of God, but not a far jump from them already believing in a male deity that was associated with Zeus and with Zeus' son Heracles, the, the God, the man God, or the Roman Hercules. That wasn't a far stretch for them. As they continued with their ancient religious practices. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to end it with this one because we, we're going to keep going. I'm going to continue with this. Um, what page am I on? This is page 93. Let me go ahead and... and let me do this in yellow and let me do this in blue mm. red is always good I'll do it in that color alright cool well, this is, I'm going to end today's class with the, on this one right here and we're going to pick that we're going to pick up on this um, probably ne- next Monday I'll be able to pick up on this because this following this well Wednesday I might be able to do it on Wednesday I might be able to do it on Wednesday I can uh, pick up on this yeah but we're gonna end it right here we're gonna end this right here all right brothers thank everybody for tuning in um hopefully this might have been educational um anybody got something from it uh please tune in tomorrow I'm gonna check my brother thousand five uh for uh TV's got another edition of Talks about Tuesdays coming out. Uh uh for tomorrow. Whether it might be tomorrow morning at ten or tomorrow evening. Uh we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I definitely send a notice out to everybody know if if class is ever going on with the uh, our beloved brother Tazza Uh with that please do not hesitate to check out um the Stream of Wisdom, uh YouTube channels, the Sport of Truth uh, um YouTube channel or or class or whatever. Uh, and please don't check out, forget to check out Fountain of Wisdom on Facebook as well with, with uh, the brother, Dr. Michael Ben Israel. All right? So with that, my name is Mashaba. Uh, we're going to ask Brother Ash from the uh, 12 Tribes, House of David, from the Mashra Yasha'ala, to lead us out with his song, Samaya Yasha'ala. So with that, Shalom, everybody.